0: I gotta tell you guys, I am glad to be here. As I had a chance uh, a couple of years ago, the first class of the Leading Edge, uh, it began my journey uh, with Tyndale, and to be able to <laughs> nice, and to be able to continue to be able to, to share and be part of this community is something that's it's a lifelong uh, journey together. And so to be able to partner uh, today with you, I hope that this is an encouraging time. I to put this down so I can see you, nice. Um, and I hope that this is just something that's uh, refreshing. I give you some insights. I loved Paul as he walked through Athens. He walked the roads to understand the culture of Athens. He looked around, and he did realize that he was graved by what he saw. There were some things that just didn't settle well with him. But he continued to walk around. He continued to walk around and look and make observations. He then saw into their culture, and he used their very culture to help them understand the person of Jesus Christ. He introduced them to their unknown God. I think it's neat how he introduced them to the unknown God. What did he use? He used an idol. Their marketplace. This was a marketplace. Everyone would come in together so they had so many different gods so that no one would be upset. And they even had one to the unknown God so that everyone that arrived to this marketplace would be able to feel that they belonged here. Because he I'm going to introduce you. So he uses an idol. And then even in the very phraseology that he uses, he uses references to their poets. And ultimately he describes... Yahweh describes the person of Jesus in the same description as they would describe Zeus. He used their very culture and redeemed it in such a way as to be able to say, I'm not coming here to destroy it. I'm here to introduce you to something more. We are going to walk through this journey. We are going to go for a walk together as we walk As I walked around, as I walked around pop culture, as I walk around this road, as we walk around the road of pop culture, what do we see and what comes to our minds and how do we respond? First of all, we come across the the Simpsons. We come across Family Guy. And what is our thought? Is this crude joking or is this a family that like the Simpsons have managed to stay together for 20 years? That like Family Guy through all their ups and downs and all their really dumb stuff. We're seeing a family still staying together. We continue down this road. We see friends. Now what do we see? Do we see uh, the sex craze reality? Do we we see everyone sleeping with everyone? Or do we see valuable friendships? People that they can trust and rely on. It comes to Jay-Z. Now who do we see here? Do we see a a celebration of violence and of course language? Or do we see a gifted mind, an entrepreneur, a a mentor to many? When we come to South Park, Is this something that's rude animation or very creative writing? (laughs) When it it comes to Michael Jackson, is this a crazy man who's seen to be a pedophile? Or is this a gifted person who brought dance and singing to this world? I come to Ellen DeGeneres. When I see here, do we see this as a same-sex attraction advocate? Or or as as a well-spoken comedian and great dancer? And we come to Bono. Do we see him as an egomaniac or a compassionate world leader responding to injustices? You see, when we walk this road, both sides could be true. But what's your viewpoint? How are you looking at it? I think this road paves the understanding of the popular culture. It shapes what people think, what our values are, the way we interact. But wait, there's one more person on this road I want to introduce you to. Hey, look, it's an adulterer. Let's grab stones and throw it at him. We think about that. Think about that. When pop culture goes wrong, when we see evil, are we simply waiting there ready to lob stones of judgment and rejection? Or are we ready to get messy? Are we ready to swim in uncharted waters? Are we able to realize that there is brokenness in this world? And pop culture hasn't been unaffected by the brokenness and hurt that we all know so well. As we approach the idea of redemption of pop culture, I'm taken back by the story of the woman caught in adultery. Here she is. She is dragged out in front of all these men of the community, naked, humiliated. The religious leaders say to Jesus, Well, the law of Moses says that we are to stone her. What should we do? But Jesus at that time, he knelt down and he wrote something in the sand. I don't know what he wrote in the sand. Maybe it was the names of the people around there. Maybe he wrote out uh, the, the sins of the city. I have no clue what he was writing about there. But when he stood back up, he said he, he who's without sin can cast the first stone. Like he, he saw stones drop one after another, thud. Thud, thud, and people walked away. Jesus walked over to the woman. He knelt down and he picked her up. He looked at her and he says, I do not condemn you. Now go and sin no more. This is the attitude that brings about redemption. If we're looking at redeeming anything, it's I do not condemn you and yet still a call to righteousness. Those two can coincide in in, in, in with each other. So as we approach pop culture... I want you to hold that image in your mind. And remember what Jesus modeled for us. Redemption means changing something or restoring something. When it comes to pop culture, that can mean that we're trying to divorce cultural forms from cultural realities and the cultural context. But is this really what Christ had in store? Is that really what we're supposed to do in order to redeem culture? Maybe the redemption of pop culture is not so much how to simply redeem culture. Though I think that there's a place as Christ followers that we can speak into culture, that we can be more active in the arts, in the media, in the entertainment. That is the language of today. And we need to be involved in that. And our very presence in there can be a redeeming factor to it. But redeeming culture doesn't mean turning gum into testaments, turning bumper stickers into salvation messages. Uh, turning the black eyed peas into the newsboys, turning the F word into odd nuts, Harry Potter into veggie tales, or simply throwing the word Jesus into the mix. Redemption, I really believe, is not actually about an external change. Rather, it is something that we all need to own. Maybe the redemption of culture needs to come from the way of how we view pop culture. Maybe it isn't on trying to change pop culture, but instead how we're able to involve ourselves with a greater awareness of pop culture and to have a new lens by which we view and filter the influence of pop culture around us. Let's remember, pop culture is popular culture. That's what it is. It means that it is the dominant culture of our time. It is what is shaping the actions, the attitudes, the understandings, the values of the people around us that we are interacting with day to day. What does this mean? It means that unless we are fully engaged in today's pop culture, aware of what's shaping the larger culture, then our voice for Christ becomes empty, ignorant, and uneducated. Joel Peluso writes that the church has two basic responses when it comes to pop culture. One, they've seen it as the enemy and respond with boycotts and picket signs. This is reflective of being not in the world and not of the world. The other one is that the church has embraced the culture, taking on a social gospel to it, one that lacks the power to transform, which is being both now in the world and of the world. Then Jonathan Edwards writes... He claim, claims that a biblical Christ follower is one who pursues not only personal piety and doctrinal orthodoxy, but also cultural relevance. These pursuits are not mutually exclusive from one another. But the one we tend to talk least about is a responsibility to engage culture. We need to be in the world, but not of the world. To do this, we need to ask ourselves where is our identity found? Hear this. Our identity is not found in our culture. Pop culture, youth culture, subcultures, uh, whatever culture, our identity is not found. More so, our identity is not found in a Christian bubble culture. Our identity cannot be found in culture. But our identity is found in being a son or daughter of the Father. Where we realize that that is who we've been claimed by. That is who we are. Our identity is found in Jesus. You see, when you know where your identity is, you're able to be able to step up, you're able to walk through culture and be able to have wise eyes and discerning eyes and be able to speak into it and be able to walk amongst it and seeking to honor the identity who you are while having a voice to your cultural surroundings. Abraham Kupur, a one-time prime minister of the Netherlands and founder of the Free University of Amsterdam, shared this. In the total expanse of human life, there is not a single square inch of which the Christ, who alone is sovereign, does not declare, this is mine. All around us, the Lord declares, this is mine. What is it to think about the world that way, And all that you are counting? Questions I want you to think about as you engage pop culture. Let me ask you, what lens are you wearing And how do you look and examine pop culture? Do you see the good that is already there? Can you see the good within it? Even without the word Jesus being spoken. Can you see the work of the creator in the lives of those that know so much brokenness? Do you see the redemptive view? Or do you see a critical view? Do you see it without condemnation? And yet a call to righteousness. Looking at pop culture icons... And how you view them will have a huge impact on the voice that you have to the world around you. When it comes to the black eyed peas, they sing, i got a feeling in my humps. <laughs> but can you see beyond that? To the, they are incredibly gifted by the creator and a wonderful musical ability. When it comes to you too, who have often singed of this effed up world, that their search searched for Yahweh and that they still haven't found what they're looking for. Can you see this? As an authentic journey of brokenness and trying to understand God in the context of brokenness and that they're on a genuine journey. Can you see the artistic work of Seth Myers in regard to the Simpsons as the reflection of God's creating creation? Do you see the dancing ability of Michael Jackson given to him by God? The beauty and compassion of Beyoncé and a heart to meet with the Father. Do you see this when you interact with culture? Can't you see that God is so present and so active and so alive in culture, yet we try to end it, we try to destroy it, we try to change it, we try to protest against it. Instead, what would it look like if we celebrated it? If we celebrated where we could see God at work, where we could see God's goodness. It's so true that pop culture is hurting, that it's sex-crazed, that it's violence-ridden, that it's so highly narcissistic, that it's overly materialistic, that it so often misses the mark. We need to be able to acknowledge that and see that and discern that. But does the world need to hear that? Or does the world that has been shaped by pop culture need us to speak their language, know their customs, engage in their world so that we can bring the message of non-judgment, of true righteousness, of radical grace, of enemy love, of a servant nature, and of the eternal hope and life in Christ. When will Christians stop being known for our protests and our judgments? When will we stop being known for what we're against and rather for what we're for? I'll tell you, it's when we look within, when we start to redeem pop culture by altering the way we view and respond to it and use it to build relationships and communicate a common language. It's true. Some of us will choose to live neither in the world or be of the world. But by doing so, we'll have chosen to ignore the words of Jesus. And it's true that some will live both in the world and be of the world. But by doing so, we ignore the lordship of Christ and allow ourselves to find our identity in pop culture. But let me ask you, if you really want to see the redemption of pop culture, It's not so much about changing pop culture, but rather changing my lenses and being an influence, and being an influence in pop culture, so that I can fully be in the world, but not of the world. You see, when Jesus spoke to culture, when Jesus spoke to people, he knew their culture. He got to know them. He was able. He was not afraid to dive into the messiness that all that culture was, and understand the world that was that of prostitutes and tax collectors. Understanding the coarseness of fishermen, the power struggle of leaders, the value of festivals, and he engaged this culture as he got to know them. He spoke to them through the language that they would understand. He took a broken culture and started to redeem it. Not by changing it, but by changing the way the religious people responded to it. He didn't throw stones. He didn't condemn. He didn't reject. Rather, he lessened. He spent time with his enemies. He cared. He pointed out righteousness. He was in the world, but not of it. And this was his desire for each of us who declare ourselves as Christ's followers, that we be in the world and not of it. Jesus said this in just the hours before he was crucified. He prayed that all those who would believe in him, because my prayer is not that you take them out of the world, as John records him saying, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. A simple prayer But yet a century later, Christians were already disagreeing over how to apply it. Sometimes we differ so sharply on how we do it. We can list all sorts of examples. Do we watch R-rated films? Do we read Harry Potter? Do we uh, public, private, homeschooled education? Do we like hip-hop? Or do we, What party do we vote for? Uh, never missing an episode of The Family Guy, driving an SUV, using the F-word, re- re- reading Rolling Stone. Specific issues tend to shift over time and over generations, of course, but it isn't hard to find a hot button that can get people to respond. But i got to tell you, this isn't about... This isn't about pushing buttons. It's about being genuine. It's about asking, is your voice going to matter in this culture? Or is it going to be silenced? If we're going to redeem pop culture, it will be through the way we are like a missionary into the culture. Going into a culture is not going in to change it, but you're going in to understand it. To learn the customs, the language, the festivals, the icon, and engage with the culture and speak into the culture. It doesn't mean you say, I agree or understand it and fully immerse myself in becoming the culture. I'm going to walk in it and know it and understand it, be able to speak it. See, part of the task of Christianity theology is to build bridges with culture in a way that demonstrates its relevance to the big questions of life these questions of hope of good and evil uh, of redemption these are being explored in music in TV uh, in film in literature all the time are we prepared to grasp these opportunities and like Jesus radically alter the expectation of the world would have for Christ's followers will we put down the stones and go over and embrace will we see through the brokenness to see the giftedness Will we celebrate the good stuff amongst the evils? Will we be less concerned about pointing out what is wrong and begin to point out that which is good? We are told that all good things come from the Father above. Do we really believe that? Will we live that? Now, hear me. I, I don't want people to mindlessly take in pop culture. I don't believe that our engagement with the arts and entertainment should just be passive. I expect God's people to, to be careful and thoughtful and redemptive in this area. We must do more than superficially save a story or an aspect of pop culture with weak spiritual analogies. But we will also do better than pointing out what is wrong with the story. So in closing up, what does it look like to redeem pop culture? First, we need to put on new lenses to see the world around us, to see God in pop culture and the work that he is doing. This may mean that we need to ask for forgiveness for the damage that we have brought to the world in our condemnations, in our protests, in the hurt that we have brought in because we've set up walls that don't even allow the message to be seen through. We rejected culture, have often become self-righteous. Maybe we need to lay that down. We need to understand that God is already in pop culture. He wasn't waiting for us to bring it in. God is much bigger than us. God is already at work. And God is at work in the lives of people. And in their giftings. And he has created them. As we hear in Colossians 1. This should not sound like a new concept, but to many of us, it does. The church has fallen asleep in the area of engaging culture. It's as if we are culturally dead. And like Lazarus, we need to hear a fresh voice. From the Savior calling us to wake up and to thrive and to be alive in culture today. Secondly, we need to see pop culture, to redeem pop culture. We need to ask ourselves am I part of the problem or am I part of the solution? Today, we can't just sit there and let life go by. We have to realize that place that we are in. When it comes to the redemption of pop culture, what approach are you taking? The approach of accommodation. This is where I ignorantly or deliberately believe and live out cultural values that are contrary to a biblical worldview. Maybe it's the approach of alienation. This is where I just kind of hide in my house or my church or wherever I kind of seek protection and defend myself from the evils of this world. And I construct my own little bunker. And I live in that realm. I retreat and hide. This is where we become separated from the world. Not just in attitude, but in proximity. And that life is only about surviving and enduring till the time that Christ returns. Or will I take on the approach of engagement, which is the one that's modeled and commanded by Christ, who calls us to come follow me. And yes, that means follow him right into culture. This approach sees the culture as a mission field. Right for redemption, the place for Christ's followers, young and old alike, to fill the world, to live in the culture, to see the good and the bad within the culture, to interact with culture, to participate in the formation of culture, and thereby exert an influence that God uses to transform individuals and institutions. Those who choose accommodation simply do as the world pleases. Alienation, it leads people to escape into supposedly safe bunkers. But engagement allows us to communicate God's agenda to the world in the world of those of us who've been rescued by God, who live redemptively in the world he made and sent his son in to redeem. Finally, we need to look to build bridges, linking cultural icons, situations, realities to the person of Jesus. And you may be saying, today, Matt, honestly, this is some good thoughts. It's got me thinking. But what does this look like in my life now? Well, my friends, it's going to look different for each one of us. I don't have a method or a theory that's going to work that we're going to be able to understand. The reason for that is because you see, it isn't so much about music or about TV shows, about the media or the arts or the icons, the dancing, uh, the values, the magazines. Really, when it comes down to it, it's about relationships. The relationships that you have with people. You see, it's not so much about how much do you like or dislike or know or don't know um, or agree or disagree with stuff. It's not what you know of the influence of Jay-Z, Beyonce, Madonna, Michael Jackson, Bond, Family Guy, South Park, Coca-Cola, Bono, Oprah, the list goes on. It's not whether you agree or disagree with them. It's about your friends. It's about meeting them where they're at. It's about walking into their world knowing their interests, knowing what their cultural language is, being intentional to enter their world, be involved in their world, walk in their world, look around as Paul did, listen to their world. Their world is popular culture. So if we're going to bring any redemption to it, we need to be aware of it. It is having new eyes to see the world and walk with them and making sense of the person of Jesus Christ in their world, in their language, in the framework that they understand. Guys, it's not easy. To do this, to engage this way, it's messy. It's going to be confusing. And it's sometimes really tough. And you have to use the story to try to figure out. When is culture shaping me? When am I shaping culture? When am I able to engage with culture? When am I able to support culture as I help communicate the message of Jesus? See, God's asking us to show how he is in all of creation, in all of culture, and how we can show him, just like Paul did, to those around us. When you leave today, is this just going to be another chapel talk? Some interesting thoughts. Something that you have to use as more of a dialogue. You go down to the Katimavik and you can sit around and you can argue, you can debate, you can chat all you want and use that as the reason. Why well, you don't go out of these walls. Engage with culture. Engage with people who do not yet know Christ. To, to love on them. Are you willing to drop your stones? Are you willing to roll up your sleeves and get messy and get into the dirt of life and culture? To be able to see what God can do through you and in the relationships that you have. Be like Paul. See your cultural reality. And use their language to point them to Jesus. And then be like Jesus. Instead of seeking out judgment and condemnation, see through the brokenness to the goodness and respond with grace, with compassion, with love. This is the putting on of new lenses and beginning the process of redemption of pop culture. Let me close with a prayer. Lord, Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for you. We are so encouraged that you are in the midst of everything. Not just things that we put our name on, our title on, and tie you to, but you are a sovereign God. And uh, Lord, by your grace, uh, we find our identity not in any culture, uh, but in you. We live out of being your son or daughter first. And Lord, I pray you give us these new lenses that we be a voice to the world. And that we're able to speak their language, know their reality. And not come in to condemn, but point to the righteousness of you and the life that you give. In your name, amen. As you go in peace, go out there with that very heart as a peacemaker, as someone who goes out in grace and in love into a culture that really needs us. Thank you, guys.